0: Welcome to Education Today, where we'll explore what is possible in education today by covering everything from cool tech to sound pedagogy infused with teacher stories, sprinkled with a little fun, and filled with inspiration from around the globe. I'm your host, Scott News, and this is Education Today. Welcome back everyone this is Education Today I'm your host Scott Noons. you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nunes Teach and as well as Facebook and YouTube now so check me out on all of those socials you can also find me on LinkedIn and the gram uh, on Instagram you can follow me at I am Mr. well thank you everyone for tuning in today I have a great guest for you today i think you're going to be quite pleased and so in this people that i admire series uh i have the gift king now you might be saying who who is that who is this gift king if you don't know you're gonna find out it is mr jake miller from edu duct tape so you're in for a treat he's got some tips for you some shares going to talk about his journey uh but before I get into that, I want to talk about why I admire Jake. And we, we get into this a little bit on the podcast, but I can think back uh, probably about a year and a half ago, and I was going through Twitter, and I kept seeing these awesome gifts from people uh, like Jake. And I'm like, wow, man, this is really awesome. And I was trying to share something with a colleague, and I, I went back, tagged Jake, and was like hey where do you have that that one instructional gif on this i can't even remember what it is uh, right now because it's been a while and he took the added time to do the research and find out what i was looking for and he pointed me to a tony vincent gift so that was so cool so also shout out to tony vincent he's got some great gifts one of the three gift kings as I've dubbed them so we got Jake Miller Tony Vincent and Andy Knieven which we've had on the show so now I've had two of the three kings if you had to ask me which one is like the ultimate king I would say Jake (laughs) Jake kills it (laughs) he really does he's just consistent doesn't mess up has a whole collection of them in a Google Drive for you to use, uh, fair use. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, if you're not seeing it on his website, let me know. I can look it up for you and share it with you. Just DM me on Twitter at MrNoonsTeach, and I'll make sure you get that. Uh, it's people like Jake that have inspired me to be willing to do things like that. Uh, Jake has gone above and beyond and helped me with things like. Hey, uh, you know, I, I need this. What do you think? And um, it's been really great. And I'm so blessed to have connected with him in real life, too. Uh, you don't always get that, especially right now during 2020, during the time of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, there's not a lot of face-to-face, human-to-human interactions. So these digital interactions are... Are becoming more um more paramount in our lives right? right they really take a precedence uh as they rightly should because we need to connect with people even if we're a little introverted right that doesn't mean we don't like people that just means we recharge away from people uh being around people can bring us joy but um uh, maybe that's not how we recharge i i'm kind of both some people would say ah you know i in introvert Uh, I don't know I I think uh at different times um or sorry I said introvert I meant extrovert um (laughs) I think at times I'm an introvert It, it just really depends I I don't know that I've ever really pinpointed it other than sometimes when I do a lot of social things like go to a lot of conferences like usually in the summer I'll do ISTE I'll do some Q conference I'll do uh, maybe a couple other small ones, and then I'll do Schoology next. So my whole summer is basically vacationing and conferencing, and so by the end of that, come July, I'm toast. I want to just kind of relax and not do anything and just literally binge watch, uh, whatever show is like the coolest and newest, uh, right now. But 2020, uh. You know just made that impossible and i was really blessed to be able to connect with jake in person that was a long-winded way of bringing that up we connected face to face at a q event uh at isti and then I-, I saw him here here and there uh throughout isti so it was really cool definitely somebody i've been looking up to for a while he is the man super sharp super smart and quite a funny guy I appreciate his humor and he keeps it real and when I was on his podcast he shared a great story with me about how he got to meet Michael Jordan so one of my all-time heroes the Siri had just come out when we recorded this, um, actually had been out for a while that um, Jordan documentary, I can't remember the name right now, but we got into it. And he revealed that and I was just so envious, right? And uh, his setup in the back, if you ever see his uh, podcasting setup, he's got a little Michael Jordan hoop in the back. That's where the conversation all started. And I had that same one, uh, except mine was not given to me by michael jordan so really cool story many more jam-packed in this episode can't wait for you to hear everything jake has to share and a big thank you to jake if you're out there listening brother thank you so much for your patience on this episode i know i lagged but i appreciate you and admire you make sure to hang on your seats folks next up we have jake miller from EduDuctape. Jake, thanks so much for being on tonight. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. We've we've already been been uh, goofing around and talking for 20 minutes, so now I'm even better. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, chilling on the couch with my kids, and I was like, oh, I got to do this podcast, and I'm like, kind of like moped down to the to the microphone, and now we're 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 laughing and joking and and having a good time. So now I'm even better, man. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me on your show too. That was a blast, and we got to. Go back in time, if you will, and reminisce about the good old days and all of our collectibles and talk about Michael Jordan, like the greatest basketball player ever. Yes. Um, But before we get into any of that kind of stuff here, I want to make sure everybody's following you on Twitter at Jake Miller Tech. And what's your website again, Jake? I am jakemiller.net. And then where should they find you for your podcast? So uh
1: it's eduduct tape.com. technically right now it just kinda bumps them over to jakemiller.net, but I, I didn't want anybody squatting on that on that um, on that website and making me pay millions of dollars for it someday. So yeah, dot tape.com. Right.
0: I've had that happen. Oh. So very smart. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you were very wise. So uh, I'm here to reassure you of that wise decision. Nice. For those who are not familiar with you, which I don't know how they could not be, let us know kind of where you're based out of and what your current role in education is.
1: So I am in Ohio and my current role is all of the things. <laughs> so I mean, like that's what it feels like right now. So yes. I have been in education now for 17 years and I started off teaching middle school. I, I jumped on from math to science to STEM. And then I started working as a tech integration coach and then kind of in my evolution into you know, helping teachers with technology and doing it in my, in my, my day job as a tech integration specialist. I also like developed this passion for doing it on the side too, and supporting people. Like I, like I, I not want to just support the educators in my own school. Like I, I felt like I had ideas right. and I was learning things. It's like, if you, if I'm going to research, I don't know the differences between Pear Deck and Nearpod for two hours, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to just hold that information for myself. Like I want to help everybody else with that. So, and the same things with, with, with all of the tech tools out there, like if I learn and I want to support, the other educators. So, you know, I started doing it in my day job in my school supporting the teachers I worked with. Uh, But then I started also doing it on Twitter, as you mentioned, and on my podcast, as you alluded to the educational duct tape podcast, and uh, on my website, as you mentioned, too, and started doing all of those things. Uh, Now this year, I'm still doing all that stuff on the side, but my school district has moved me back into a role as a science teacher, uh, which is exciting because I've had four years of of doing the tech coaching where I've had all these ideas and I've been like begging teachers to use them Mm -hmm. in in my school. And now I just get to use them. Right. I'm just having a blast doing all these things in class. But yeah, the, the, you know, kind of budget effects of COVID-19 eliminated some tech leadership positions and I got bumped into the classroom, which, you know, I'm having fun with, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I miss being able to do that tech leadership thing, but but you know, being in the classroom with the kids is cool. Uh, adds a little energy to my day. Talking to some eighth graders, not that they always bring the energy. Sometimes <laughs> they come moping into the Google Meet, but <laughs> but you know, we we have some fun and, and build a rapport and have a good time. And then yeah, keep keep doing the the tech stuff on the outside. It's like my life is twenty four seven education. I just geek
0: out on it. I just have fun talking about it and, and working in it. Yeah, and speaking about geeking out and education and you being back in the classroom. Yeah. What kind of pro tips do you have for teachers during like school reopenings? Like what should they focus on when they go uh, back?
1: Yeah. D- so do you mean like in-person school reopenings?
0: Uh in person or just like in general, like yeah. whether it's hybrid, face-to-face or remote, something that can kind of apply to all.
1: I mean, from an education point of view, like the biggest thing that I'm focusing on right now, as I'm going back into a teaching role, is that I am prioritizing my rapport with the kids and the relationships with the kids first. And it's not even like a um, like like I'm doing it with the end goal of of you know being a better I I don't know having them them be better behaved or something like that. I'm really doing it because I know that's what the kids need right now after everything they've been through. So I'm trying to be. You know, be an advocate for them and be supportive of them and show them that I care and build trust with them, so that they can look to me as as a supporter and as as somebody that's going to help them out. But I know it also does pay dividends instructionally. Like when I try to try out a new technology in the tool in the classroom and maybe it doesn't go so well, I know my kids are going to be patient with me and supportive of me because we have that relationship and we have that rapport and we have that trust. So that's that's kind of an educational pro tip. Uh, that I have for them. And then the other as a tech person, the other pro tip is, you know, there's not one technology for everybody. There's not one technology for every teacher. And nobody should tell you this is the technology that you should be using. Uh, The one that you should be using is the one that meets the needs or goals that you have for what you're trying to do. So if you're in a situation where you're already a formative assessment rock star, like for whatever it is that you're doing, like if you already know your kid's comprehension of stuff as you're teaching it frontwards and backwards, like the back of your hand, then don't listen to somebody recommending a formative assessment tool to you because you don't need that, you know, find the one that meets the things you need. So be reflective of your practice and think like, what is it that I do improve or what is it that's missing for my classroom or what positional uh, uh, potential like transition problem do I do I expect to see as we move to face to face or virtual or blended or remote or or um, or a hybrid model like as as I move to that like what gaps do I see in my practice and in my strategies and my tools and select the tools that help you with those things that way you're not you know that, that way you, the, the work that you're putting in to learn those new technologies because it is work that way it truly benefits you and benefits your kids because it's filling a gap it's filling a need that you have.
0: Wow, that's impressive. I agreed with everything you said one hundred percent. Especially the part about like just knowing yeah. what you're good at and not changing that. You yeah. have to just trust yourself. Yeah, oh yeah. And and you know, if you're a veteran teacher of twenty five years, just because you're hopping on technology doesn't mean uh you have to start using all these tools that people no. like me as an ed tech coach are recommending. Right. Uh and I know I have to be very cognizant as I'm recommending tools like, hey, you could use this, you could use that. And then I really have to reframe that. And sometimes I have to simplify and just say, hey, you know, here's one tool. Uh, there are several others that do this, but this is probably the easiest to pick up or right. here are some options. It's up to you whether or not you use them. Right. That kind of thing. Um uh, and you really have to go with what you're comfortable with a bit right now, of course, we're going to be out of our comfort zone. So Mm -hmm. having those little bits and bites of what, you know, help give you some normalcy are really important. And I like that piece you talked about with trust. I wanted to back up and touch on that. I've been Mm -hmm. reading the distance learning playbook from Corwin press, John Hattie's one of the authors and I'm in module four right now. We just finished talking about that today in a staff meeting, and we were able to uh, establish this continuum of Mm -hmm. teacher credibility that includes trust, competence, immediacy, and dynamism. And uh, I have really just observed that with how you roll out tech. And I can only imagine you're bringing those items back into the classroom. Um you talked about some of the things you had recommended before and you wanted to do those with students. Can right. you give us an example of something you're excited to bring to the classroom this year?
1: Yeah, so my my classroom currently is completely virtual, all online. Kids have have classes every, every day all all completely virtual and the tools that I'm finding myself Leaning heavily on our Flipgrid and Deck. Now th- there are a lot of tools in my repertoire that I go to certain times, um, but you know the kids are going to be overwhelmed if I roll them all out, you know, all willy nilly, all <laughs> at the same time. So those are two that I'm really focusing on being really, um, you know, meaningful and deliberate about how I'm rolling them out. And and the reason is with with Flipgrid. I want to hear all of my students' voices. I I want to develop that connection and that trust with them and Flipgrid's a good way to do it. But also, you know, I had Holly Clark on my podcast recently and she talked about how you know, if we're not pressing record when we're when we're tracking students understanding of something, then we're not truly understanding them. You know, we're, we're doing almost a disservice by, by having mm-hmm. these apps like Flipgrid it doesn't have to be Flipgrid. There are others, but these different apps and tools that let us hear the kids voices advocating for their understanding of things or not advocating, but advocating for the help they need and explaining the understanding they have. And with tools like that, we could truly understand them and understand not just that one kid that raised their hand or the one kid that typed in the Google Meet chat or the one kid that had the guts to go on (laughs) mic, you know, but all of them, all of them and Pear Deck for the same reason, right? Because I could deliver content. And I can also hear back from all my kids, not, not audio, audio, not like the richness of, of the feedback I can get from Flipgrid or the assessment I can get from Flipgrid, but more, uh, immediate and quick and convenient than Flipgrid might be, even though Flipgrid is those things, it's, just not, it's not as much as, as Pear Deck is, um, and I should say too, um, I, I, the the Nearpod out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, making, I'm making up that name. They're like, hey, Nearpod does that too. And I'm like, I agree. Nearpod is fantastic too. Uh, my school district's a Pear Deck district, so I, I've got a that, that's the one I have the most use of right now. Uh, but they're both amazing, amazing tools. And I think tools like those that can do so many things for you, like I can deliver content to my kids. I can be interactive for my students. I can formatively assess my students. I can make sure my students understand everything. I can get feedback from my students. I can package all of the content of a lesson into one tool. So not clicking into a billion tabs, you know, tools like that are like superpower tools that can do so many things for me. And I think that's why, you know, Pear Deck or Nearpod and Flipgrid are two tools that I'm really, really leveraging heavily right now. There are a lot of great ones out there, but those two, I just think are superpower tools for me right now.
0: Yeah. And if you ask me, um, I would say those two sets of tools. Mm-hmm. So we're in your pod district. So mm-hmm. it, it's on Jake. Oh, we're, we're battling. Next time we're, we're in battling, person, we're duking it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you said, uh, you know, Pear, good too. Um, I like how it integrates. It <laughs> sounded with, like you uh... really had
1: to force that
0: out there. Like you barely could get that out. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. So when, I started, I was with a different district, Uh and they used Google Classroom and Pear Deck. Uh And I was a Pear Deck guy. And at that time, there were um, certain data collections that Pear Deck Deck did significantly better than Nearpod. Mm -hmm. And so I was a fanboy. But then... Like, I had a friend, Amber Youngman. She turned me on to Nearpod, gave me some of her lessons. I started using them. And then Nearpod kind of, you know, edged a bit ahead in my book. Yeah. Uh, they started adding some features like the VR. I geeked out talking about geeking yeah. out with the VR experiences. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, and now with their new uh, video, um, like, yeah, it's like, question Ed-puzzle, Ed-puzzle feature Dulture in there. Yeah. It's like Edpuzzle, which I like Edpuzzle too, but now I don't have to go to another tool. I just stay on Nearpod. So I really like that feature as well. It's really nice. Um, I would add one more. Whatever LMS that you're using, uh, if your school has a CMS or LMS, so Mm -hmm. content management system like Google Classroom or an LMS like Google. canvas or schoology um, or maybe you have otis uh, there's a bunch of them out there so, otis you're just what...
1: making up things now i've never
0: heard that before <laughs> making up elements no, yeah, are hardcore they gave me a, a a really hard time at isti because i was wearing a school shirt and i went over <laughs> to their little burrito truck to get my free burrito at ISTE last year <laughs> And they tried to upsell me.
1: You can't have a burrito, you Schoology guy. Yeah, we
0: got to (laughs) talk. We got to talk before you get your burrito. Everybody else is cool, but you Schoology guy, you got to listen to us talk a little bit before you get this burrito. Nice. Well, I like Otis now. If they give away
1: burritos, I'm in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at ISTE. But Schoology gives away so much more. You got to stop by their booth at the next uh, ISTE or FETC. If it's
1: not burritos, I'm out
0: uh yeah it's not burritos (laughs) not burritos you get some pretty cool swag though okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh i just gotta laugh for a moment here uh good times uh definitely got to check out the podcast too that we did on uh jake's show the edu duct tape so check that out a lot of fun um I'm going to go off on a tangent. Okay. And just say I found a collectible. I'm really excited. This has nothing to do with education, but I'm throwing it on here. Right. Uh, I found a Robin Hood lunch pail, like <laughs> Disney's Robin Hood. Okay. It's pretty pretty sweet. I'm excited because I saw all the cool stuff that you had in the background. You had um uh, oh, the starting lineup yeah. guys in yeah. the back. Yeah, the Funko's. Yeah. Uh Matthew Ketchum's got a big Funko collection and a lot of like different like superhero themed lego collections and so maybe i always of that. i always
1: try to tell my kids like we we go by this like little comic store in our town it's like a comics and like like fun stuff kind of store i don't even know what you'd call it um and i'm like oh look at those new funko pops that are out did you see they've got oh look at those stranger things ones Ooh, they've got mandalorian ones now those are pretty neat like just hoping that the next time they have to get me a gift they'll think of that and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. I don't like. my wife might get concerned if I start buying them for myself, but I think I've got
0: to just start doing it because <laughs> the kids aren't taking uh, the hints. <laughs> I did do that with Legos. Like, Oh, you know what? Our <laughs> oldest, he's getting a little bit bigger. I think he's ready for those Technic sets. Like <laughs> there's that one with the Porsche. And then there's the, uh, millennium Falcon. But those things are sold out in stores. I should have got it. Like yeah, you Before should've. he was ready for it.
1: Yeah, you should have. Um, and then not shared it with him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so could have the- shared the minifigs. Here you go. Right. Here here's the mini here's on Solo. Go go have fun.
1: So um so the the lunchbox, the Robin Hood lunchbox, is it the uh, the Robin Hood that was the fox?
0: Yeah. yeah. Have so you been, have you been little... using it? Have you been taking it to school? I feel like you should take it to school one day with your lunchbox. <laughs> I should. So I'm working remotely right now. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Have a baby on the way and we get an exemption. I'm really blessed uh, because we have kids under the age of 12. My district Ah. gives us the option to either report um, to our site or work remotely. And I I just love my setup at home with my desktop and the dual monitors. And then I'll pull up my laptop and have three monitors sometimes Uh, I did a training and so talking about geeking out, that was, that was great. I was like bringing things in and out with lightning fast speed the other day. People uh, are like, how's he doing
1: this? And you're like, I'm bringing it from another monitor. And they're they're like, you could have another monitor. I'm
0: like, I've got three, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And we're blessed too in our district. We're, um, most of the teachers have two monitors. So they have their Surface Pro which is their main monitor and then they have a side monitor that plugs into this little brick thing that plugs into the surface pro
1: yeah so now you're like uh tom cruise in the minority report like like swiping things in was that the show where he had like the computer yeah, on the yeah. wall or oh, something I think like that? about
0: that we're so close That's you. to that That's you. so close to that kind of technology uh i've read researched that kind of stuff and ai's coming along which you know leads me to the next part uh have you had a chance to try out the ai and microsoft's transcription tool that just came out last week
1: i have not tried it out but i watched your video on it and i think i just tweeted it maybe it was today i don't know i was just watching it it's, it's really cool how i don't know how it's, how it's bringing in the uh the different languages and the transcription and everything uh, it's really rad yeah i saw your video on it Yeah,
0: more is coming. And so I have this theory I haven't, you know, tested it fully or checked with anyone from Microsoft like Mike Tholfson, but I'm thinking the transcription for that is a bit longer than if you dictate like uh, talk to text. And I just saw recently, like right before we started the show, you posted something about the iPhone uh, doing a talk to text, right?
1: um or maybe google, with, translate. With google translate google translate translate
0: yeah. yeah. on the ios app
1: yeah so it came out on android back in um april or may or something and they just added it to the ios app in uh in august and so now it uh, they could do like live conversation. So I could be, I could set my phone in between me and somebody speaking whatever other language, assuming it's one of the ones that it, that it covers, which is, I think, I think in that app, it's still limited in that feature to like the dozen most common languages or something. Um, and I could set it in between us and identify what the two languages are. And you don't even have to tell it who's going to talk just like one person talks. And then it plays that back in the other person's language. And then that person can talk in their language and it'll play back in, in the other person's language. Like it just keeps translating for you live in the middle of a discussion.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of thing we need to utilize more uh, for our parent conversations. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm really hopeful with this transcription tool, even though it takes longer it is so accurate. You gotta try it with your podcast. Yeah. And and see. And it's really helping me because I use all these filler words like um, like, I'll drag out words. It has a hard time with that and it'll mess up. And so that's kind of like my micro teaching moment. I, I love John Hattie and visible learning. So I'm always trying to use that micro teaching to get better. Always trying to improve and see what i can do better and that's definitely one area that is like just been shoved in my face like ooh, you use um too often right yeah. you have these long pauses and on certain words you need to enunciate more clearly mm-hmm. but if i do that it is near perfect like i've been trying to get it perfect and it's almost there if i enunciate clearly use familiar phrases so if i use our educational acronyms it won't pick it up right it'll come up with something weird or i was talking about edge protocols right uh from john cripple and it it messed that up it said like edge something protocols right that's what that's
1: what i get for for educational duct tape too I i get something funky like that
0: yeah but i I think if you kind of train yourself to work with the AI and you say something like E-D-U protocols and you enunciate really clear and you have that pause, you're good. And then for some of the things you can just do a find and replace. Like if you know certain words, it's going to mess up and give you this alternative that you don't need. Mm -hmm. Just do a find and replace with that. Yeah. So I'm hoping we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping to get, some more of my episodes transcribed, or take some of these nuggets and and publish those. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that's pretty but I cool. I encourage everyone. Yeah. So what's what else is new on your end in the world of tech? Since you're not in this tech integration specialist uh, role, are you going to keep rolling out these amazing gifts and how tos and tutorials? Yeah. I mean, for I, I can't I can't stop
1: man. It's, it's my, it's my passion. The only, the only thing that's slowing me down right now is my eyes. I mean, at the end of it, at the end of a day on, on Google meets and zooms with the kids, I'm like, I just need a break from the screen. But whenever, whenever my eyes and my, my brain allows me to do it, like, I just can't stop making the gifts and the guides and the tweets and the uh, podcasts and stuff like that. I just, it's, it's become a passion for me. Like I just love supporting the educators in this stuff. You know, once
0: I have the information, I'm like, why wouldn't I share it with them? Yeah, that's amazing i I look forward to those, and I want to share just like a personal note. Uh, you know, I'm gonna to toot your own horn for a moment here. Oh, great! I I realized you were a stand up guy, uh, for the very first time when I had asked you for something that you did not create. I was like, hey, where is this Google thing? Yeah. And you were like, "Hey, that wasn't me. I think that was Tony Vincent. Here you go. Is this what you were looking for?" It probably I was. was like, Tony. Yeah, everything was Tony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a good guy too. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, "Hey, how many people really do that?" Now, a lot of educators do that, right? Yeah, because educators have big hearts. But um, for me, that was like a pivotal moment. Like it really just. Re emphasized the need to just share, yeah, and, and to give freely. Like, I wasn't asking for one of your things, and rather than not respond, uh, you went out of your way and you researched <laughs> it for me. And you found I can't it, e- I can't even imagine
1: being like, well, Was me ignoring it, delete. <laughs> <laughs> delete, <laughs> <laughs> ignore conversation. Oh, I'm going to help you out, man. I'm going to And anybody that helps me out. It's it's sometimes the tweets come in and the people are like, how do I, Hey, Jake Miller tech, how do I do this with this thing? But it's so cool because the teacher is asking me a question that's like, I have this specific thing I'm trying to achieve for my students and I don't know how to do it. Uh, how do I do it? And I'm like, Oh, well, I'm gonna, I like, I, my hat goes off to this educator. Who's like, I'm trying to do this for kids can somebody please help me? And I'm, and they're linking to me and I'm like, I will help you. I will help you with that. You know, it's not like they're asking me for something ridiculous. They're asking me for something that helps kids. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to help kids. I I will sign on for that every time.
0: Yeah. And if you don't know it, then you're, you're learning too. I'm sure it'll come up again. I'm finding that out a lot. I'm taking on more of these side projects and they're taking me down like these little, good rabbit holes you know yeah. they're not too deep but like hey how do you do this on schoology or yeah. hey can you app smash these two apps or these three apps like right. can you app smash these five things it's like yes okay <laughs> yeah, here you're we like go. you're like you're like ooh, i
1: don't know but that sounds like fun let's figure
0: it out right <laughs> yeah and it's something it they tend to be very specific right like can I can't think of anything offhand. Oh, I can think of one, um, like a very particular type of scavenger hunt on Uh Schoology. So I got that question recently. And so I'm going to have to do a video on that. They wanted something specifically for the start of the year for secondary students. I'm like, oh, okay. I found some elementary stuff. I have some bits I've done, but we'll we'll have to go a little bit deeper. So it's kind of neat. And you talked about app smashing a little bit um, with Pear Deck and Flipgrid. I've yeah. been really big into app smashing Flipgrid with Adobe Spark. That is like my jam right now. I use that app every day.
1: So are you like making videos in Spark, and they're becoming the
0: like the resource in a Flipgrid prompt? You mean? So here's what I'm using it for. I'm starting out with graphics in Adobe Spark, Mm -hmm. bringing it into Flipgrid, then bringing those Flipgrid videos back into Spark. So finding the things that each program does well and really using those to make an even better video. Nice. So one thing I'm helping a teacher do is uh, make a music video for her students so it's a music teacher she wants them to kind of um have them show themselves playing their instruments but then also have like photo and slide montages in there like a music video might so it's a little more complicated but our tools are a little limited we don't have anything like we video Mm -hmm. we do have adobe rush and i think that's the next step i think i forgot about that one when i started investigating this but i wanted to see if it was possible and it's totally possible with flipgrid and adobe spark
1: yeah pull the record the videos in flipgrid pull them out edit them in spark
0: yeah totally yeah, so I'm excited. Can't wait till those kids create those music videos. Uh, and if I'm able to get permission, I'll have to share them back out. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Usually parents are pretty good. When you share out student work, uh I think I generally get a yes. I don't know that I've ever asked and gotten a no, actually. Right. Now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, you're I think like the hey, answer's your kid, always yes.
1: Yeah, your, your kid made this really cool thing. Do you mind if I share it with the world and tell them how awesome your kid is? And
0: the parents like, uh yes, please do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know, it's definitely important to, you know, not just share it out. Right, you gotta right. ask. You gotta make sure it's okay. Um, uh, but I did that uh, last year with a student that was very, uh, very shy, very reclusive um, and kind of standoffish in some ways, Mm -hmm. a very sweet kiddo. And they created uh, this uh, video game for to kill a mockingbird and i thought it was amazing it was highly detailed they didn't have a lot of time in class to work on it so they had spent a number of hours outside of class teaching themselves to code a uh, basic code but still they were using they had to create all these sprites and do all this basic scratch and i didn't teach them any of that they used nice. um their uh, genius hour time to do that and I thought this is fantastic let me share it out with the world and the response was great and I let them know hey like 31,000 people saw this post and she just like lit up it was such an amazing moment and I'm gonna miss things like that so you talked about wanting to get back in the classroom while I love I absolutely love what I do Mm -hmm. I can see the need to want to get back into the classroom. Like Mm -hmm. I am missing it, not missing it so much to go right back in. Like I want to, you know, do this thing for a while and get really good at this. But then I do want to take some of these ideas and bring them back into the class. I was thinking, Oh, how cool would it be if I could do like a sabbatical kind of like go back into the class for a year, then come back and do this. So I don't know if I if I have my way, that's how I would do it.
1: That's kind of interesting, like switch back and forth between tech coaching and and teaching. That'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, I've noticed a trend and I, I could be wrong. There's no like empirical evidence on this. But it, it seems to me just watching people, you seem to get a little more distance from what's happening in the classroom at about year four out of the classroom, mm-hmm. like, a, like a little bit, you're not as relevant. doesn't mean yeah. you're irrelevant, yeah. but you start becoming less relevant the longer you're out. And I think it's important to plug yourself back in in some way. And I think really good admin and really good, uh, tech coaches really, uh, keep up their skills by like modeling lessons and you know um, checking in with the boots on the ground so right. to speak yeah so that's that's the kind of approach i want to take once yeah. i get a little better i'm still floundering this is all new <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm drinking from a, a fire hose right now with the onslaught uh i don't know how many emails and questions <laughs> i troubleshooted and answered today uh well over a hundred i believe it i would say maybe close to a couple hundred maybe more i completely lost track and now, my brain is mush how so, so how many of
1: those emails were asking for like beard tips like beard maintenance tips because <laughs> <laughs> i gotta know like this guy this guy's got it he's got it under control i'm gonna ask him
0: oh uh, none none, none? What? um i'm emailing you tomorrow <laughs> sounds good send all the beard questions my way guys right. no i did get one this weekend though i did get some on the side i got some uh, dms asking about beard care Beard DM but... nice <laughs> on twitter i do get that oh, like oh hey awesome. you know i like your beard how did you grow it mine's a little gr- patchy
1: how did you grow it i just i focused all my energy on my face it just came out <laughs>
0: Yes, it's my superpower. superpower. Um, I'm hoping to get it trimmed up soon. <laughs> it's starting to bug me. It's getting a little too big, and I don't trust anyone other than my barber. But I heard a rumor that in my area barber shops are opening up soon. So nice. I'm hoping I can get in before the baby comes in October, and I can be looking all snazzy again for those nice. baby pictures. So <laughs> you'll you'll know. when i post the baby pics uh whether i made it to the barber or not it'll be pretty evident (laughs) (laughs) i may look like grizzly adams hopefully not though i think uh if i'm desperate i'll just have my mom or my wife uh trim me up because uh, it's gotta go (laughs) (laughs) um so talking about all this tech and the landscape kind of changing in all of the ebbs and flows. How do you think education is going to evolve post-2020, like five years from now? What What do you think it's going to look like?
1: Well, I, th- I think you know, hopefully, obviously, we're going to be back into a state of normalcy back in our classrooms with our students and our full classes and everything like that. But I think I think hopefully that'll go back to normal but i think the one thing that will never go back to normal is the way our teachers integrate technology and i mean that in a good way because our educators like and you know this as a tech coach and i i've known this for the last four years five years as a tech coach and as just you know person podcasting and speaking about technology integration was you were begging educators to integrate technology in ways that were relevant to them right like you were saying like oh you should try these new technologies and They're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's okay. And the message I was trying to get them to understand, they weren't saying it's okay because they didn't want to do it. They were just overwhelmed, right? And Mm -hmm. the message I was trying to get them to understand was, no, identify a need you have or a goal you have or a problem you have and identify technologies to support you with that. And They it wasn't hitting for some, it wasn't clicking for some educators. But you look at what happened in February or March or whenever you know your schools might have closed down or went partially partially virtual or whatever, all of a sudden, educators learned how to use Zoom or Google Meet or Google or Microsoft Teams and Screencastify or Loom or whatever and Flipgrid and Paradec or Nearpod. And you're like, man, how did you go for years? without integrating many new technologies. But then in a month, you learn to integrate like five new higher level technologies. And they're like, well, I needed to right? I identified this need that I had, like, I needed to synchronously talk to my students, I needed to hear my students' voices, I needed to formatively assess them. And my normal modes of doing that face to face were gone. So I learned these new technologies that let me do that. And I think that that mindset will never really go away from our educators. I hope it won't, where even if they're face to face, like they won't need Zoom or Google Meet anymore, but they will have the mindset of, hey, when I realize that I needed to synchronously talk to my students, all I had to do was figure out what technology will support me with that. And so hopefully in the future when they realize, hey, I need to, I don't know, review, um, previous concepts with my students. I don't know what it is. It's something I need to do this. They'll say, hey, what technology will help me with that? A lot of educators didn't used to say that, hey, what technology will help me with that? But now I think that's become part of their mindset. And so I think that our teachers are going to be so much more willing to integrate technologies because that's now a part of their mindset.
0: I hope. Yeah, that's fantastic. I agree. I don't want that to go away either. And I want them to get their lives back in some way like use tech to save you time right. use the planning tools you don't necessarily need to just substitute like if you're going to write an essay and you're going to handwrite it right. um that doesn't mean you just you know have them type it up on a word processor right But no, the way you kind of outline things or share instructions, that's another reason why I like the transcribe feature. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping to do is get, and now it's a little complicated, it's a little more advanced, it's not like a low entry point for teachers, but I'm hoping they'll record the key parts of their lesson. So if students need to review them, they can review them uh, asynchronously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then... Additionally, for our ELs, special needs students, I'm hoping our teachers will take the extra step and strip the audio from the video files and transcribe them into written directions Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, type it all out themselves. Just Use this tool, it does a really good job, like I said, and then take the key parts that you need. There might be some slight formatting, but once you use it enough, I think like anything else, you're gonna develop a workflow for it and it's gonna be more seamless and streamlined. And then you could share that out and even put graphics for your ELs and special needs mm-hmm. students. And if you're using something like Immersive Reader, it can read it back to them, right? They can change the font, all that cool stuff that Immersive Reader does. So it's a little more advanced, but I think the benefits are just so overwhelmingly good so that's right that's where i want to get to i'm not there yet yeah and i know it's very ambitious and it probably won't happen but if i can get some teachers there I'm going to be really happy.
1: Well, I think I think it'll happen for any teacher that realizes that that's a need that they have. Right. If we you know, I don't I forget how's, how's the same go. Like if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it or, or you'll find time to make mm-hmm. it happen. And if you don't want it, you'll find an excuse. Right. So the teachers that don't see that as a need probably aren't going to put the time into it. But those teachers that go like, hey, I have this ELL population, my video is in English, and they're not able to he- understand anything out of it currently, how can I support them with it? And if you're like, hey, you could use the transcribe feature to get a, pull all the text from it, and then you could pop it into this into the immersive reader, and they could have it read to them right there, and you can make graphics that they'll understand, those teachers might go like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I want that. That is that is what I want for my students, and then they'll do it, you know. But they've got to have that need there. They've got to have that reason, that purpose for doing it.
0: Yeah, you know. Thanks for your wisdom there. Uh, You you really frame that. You call me Yoda. Way. (laughs) Yeah, because what? Why do it if you don't need it? Right. Right. You may not need it. Right. You you really may not. Maybe you're having honors kids, Mm -hmm. and you know that doesn't apply. Why should you? right do do that if it's not going to work don't don't use it and so i really appreciate you uh, reframing it in that way because it really gets at the heart of what's important you have to have that that need identifying that need is a key piece and then uh, finding what's going to help you meet that need Uh, talking about meeting needs who are some people that you know, kind of fill your bucket on Twitter and our listeners should follow. Well, let, let me let, let let's let's go two different directions
1: with that. So one yeah. is is t- is talking about what exactly what we were talking about right there. Like I wasn't this wasn't front of mind to talk about until we were talking about that thing there. But uh, d- the work of Dan Pink. I don't know if you've read Drive by Daniel Pink. Um, I have not read his other books yet. I, I intend to. I heard uh, To Sell as Human is amazing. Um, but the book Drive. He talks about what motivates humans, and I, I feel like that book is a lot of why I understand that an educator is not going to use a tech tool just because somebody said so. They're going to use it because like, these are the the framework. This is the framework of what motivates humans. And this is what's going to motivate a teacher to learn to use that tech tool. And so it's some of the mistakes I made early on as a tech coach were because I didn't have that understanding. So that book really helped me with that, that uh, drive by Daniel Pink. Uh, but then inside of education. Um, let's see. Who have I been excited about the stuff from lately? Um, the Merrills, Joe and Kristen, everything they share oh, yes. on Twitter. Like here's my favorite thing about Joe and Kristen. Even if it's something that I've already done with Flipgrid or Seesaw, they frame it in just such a fun, engaging way for the teacher and for the student that I'm always excited about it. So their work like is always fun for me to follow. Um, I've been enjoying the work of Natasha Rochelle a lot lately because Natasha, um, she is both a, a, a Microsoftie as I call them, and a Google Googler, um, and so I I know I can go to Natasha and learn about both things, and, she, and she's just a super nice person too. Uh, and then one person I've been turning to for uh, videos lately, I think was I think you and I might have been tweeting about this the other day, is yeah. uh, Sethi DeClerc. Uh Sethi's in uh, in Thailand, and he makes videos on different different technology tools all over the spectrum and his videos are just always on point. So he's one guy I always go to for a good tutorial. If I'm like, how do I do this in zoom? I'm going to go check Sethi's webpage or Sethi's, uh, YouTube channel. Cause
0: I'm sure he's got it. Super high quality videos too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I need to get like a little mini studio over here in my office because yeah. you know, the lighting's not nearly as good. And, um, I do a lot of screencast videos just because, you know, it, it's not ideal where I'm at. So I am working on shaping that up and I like the setup you have too. It's very inviting. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's like a content creation source, uh, that inspires you? Like, where do you go to, yeah. you know, kind of fill your bucket.
1: So, uh, years ago, maybe seven years ago, a friend of mine gave me the book, um, what to do when it's your turn and it's always your turn, uh, by Seth Godin. And that book blew me away and lit a fire underneath me. That is like, is still burning now. Like, like anything that I'm doing now, like whether it's the podcast or any, anything that I'm speaking about or being on your show, like any of these things you could trace back at least a little bit of that fire uh, back to that book. And, and because I continue to follow all of uh, Seth's work. Seth is a, he's not an educational, well, he, he does have opinions in education. and He does teach uh, courses for adults, you know, in marketing and things like that. But he is a, a blogger and author and podcaster. And he has a podcast called Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B-O. And that's amazing. I, I listen to every episode and it's always good. And I, I bring so many nuggets away from every one of those episodes. He's
0: He's amazing. Oh, that reminds me of Gary V. You oh, know, si- just... similar
1: kind of kind of idea. The uh, uh, like different styles, but sim- similar kind of
0: guys. Yeah, just you know, listen to one of Gary V's podcasts, and I always leave with something. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. a five minute clip or a two hour long podcast <laughs> that yeah. he does. Like there is always something, and I can uh, go deeper with it and it sticks. Yeah. I really admire that. That's an art. And his story is so motivating to me too. That's one of the reasons why I teach. I want to give people like Gary V a voice. Let them know they have a voice, like they they have a choice too in school. Like it's it's there to help you and it can open doors, but I understand the limits that we place upon our students that inhibit um what they can become and what they desire to become and i do my best when i'm in the classroom and now through through teachers you know trying to empower them to do the same things like take the training wheels off here if a student's ready to go yeah let them go if they want to explore this area um give them an opportunity find a way to integrate their interests into your content it's possible but like you said you have to want it Right. If you don't want it, it's not going to happen. But if you want it and you make the time, oh, you'll do it. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be life altering.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's what excites me about education so much. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about tech and gone a little bit away from uh like school reopenings. Do you have any like pro tips for for tech or school or school reopenings? I know, like really broad, but just any kinds of pro tips for the audience?
1: Yeah. So if if we're thinking about focus on reopening and and, and when I think reopening, I think teaching in a circumstance that is different from the circumstance you most recently taught in. Right. So whether that's all of a sudden you're completely virtual or you're completely hybrid or you're in person and you were just virtual or you're in person and you only have 12 kids in the room instead of 30 kids in the room and they're sitting six feet apart and there's walls between them and and I don't even know what, what these situations are. Um I, I think the the pro tip is to not try to do too many things at once, not try to change too many aspects of what you're doing at once. Um don't water down your effect. You know, try try to make one change at a time. Uh, and there's something that I, I talked about in a recent podcast, too, which was um, and it came from Seth Godin, actually, uh, and he, he talks about the phrase merely ship it like don't wait until something's perfect, just merely ship it like the only way get it as good as you can. Don't hold on to this until it's perfect. You've got to get it out there and then you'll find out. Uh, how it impacts your students and then you'll see if it's good enough and then you'll see where the things are that need improved in it but you can't find those things out until you get it out there until you try it out until you give it a test run
0: yes and that's the advice i wish i had and wish i had taken a heart when i was a graphic designer that was one of the key reasons that I failed. Mm. It's because I was too concerned about being a perfectionist and making something perfect every single time instead of merely shipping it and getting it out there to the client. And then maybe even seeing what, what did they have? Like, it would have been better if I sent them an unfinished product, but that was halfway done earlier than sending them this finished product, which, you know, still wasn't perfect or, you know, wasn't, their idea of right
1: maybe it was your perfect and it wasn't their perfect and you put so much time into it you didn't know it until you got there yeah
0: yeah and what you said exactly that's what would happen so frustrating but it took all that pain and time for me to reflect upon my mistakes and figure out i didn't have anybody to really point that out and say hey just fix this but once i fixed it it made me very ready to do what i'm doing now in education and Mm. so i without really being told that i kind of just like figured it out but i love this it it, whatever you're doing uh when you do it well you got to keep it simple so this phrase merely ship it yeah Anybody can remember that pretty much even if you have like next to no memory. It's such a short and very pointed uh, and well-rounded phrase. I I love that. I'm going to really reflect on that. And speaking of reflecting, uh, what's one piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with?
1: So one of my favorite quotes, I, I, I try to reference it whenever I'm presenting to educators. Is uh, it comes from Dr. Maya Angelo, and it's a it's a familiar quote to a lot of people. But she said, uh, "Do the best you can until you know better, and then when you know better, do better." And I, the reason I share that with educators so often, it kind of goes back to that merely shipping it part, is that we expect perfection of ourselves as educators, we expect ourselves to do all of the things. And we beat ourselves up when we don't do things perfectly. And when a lesson flops, and when a student fails, and when a kid isn't motivated, or when there's a behavior issue, like, these all feel bad. But I, I think, what we need to keep in mind is that all anybody can expect of us is to do the best we can. Right. And then the next step, the important step is that when we know better, you know, like when we learn something that works more effectively than that, or when we reflect on something we did and can identify an improvement that we then do better. So you do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, you do better. Now, ironically, that kind of goes back to that merely ship it. Right. Because part of the merely mm-hmm. ship it part is, You put out the best thing that you can in a in a um, a fair amount of time and then you learn from it and do better. Right. You don't just merely ship it. And that's what's always out there. You do the best you can until that doing leads you to knowing better. And then once you know better then you do better. But I I feel like educators need permission to know, hey, just do the best you can. Right. And then when you learn that next step, then when you learn about that new tech tool, then when you learn about the new strategy, then when you reflect on a lesson and see what flopped, then you do better. It's okay. You were doing the best you could. Now you know better. Now do better.
0: Yeah. And I would just add to that, tying it all in and put in a little bow on it uh, in terms of school reopenings and going back to these different situations that you're not used to and that are making you feel like a first year teacher all over again. Uh, give yourself some grace with all of that. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it, you have to forgive yourself for the things you don't know, but you have to do your best, put out what you can. Yeah, and then just learn from it and take yep. it to heart. And when you come back, you know, next year, uh, even if we're not in a similar environment and things go back to quote unquote normal you're going to be so amazing. I I firmly believe that. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that if you maintain this, uh, positivity and you look at this as not a defeat or an insurmountable challenge, but a learning experience, Oh, you're going to change the world. No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt.
1: Yep. Superpowers.
0: Well, Jake, thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, whenever you're on the mic, you're fire. So, <laughs> Thanks, man. It's my, my
1: <laughs> pleasure to be here. Uh, I, everybody that's listening now, you've got to go listen to Scott on my show, right? Now you're listening to me yes. on this show. And then you got to go listen to Scott's other show. And then I, I don't even know where else to direct them. But this is a huge <laughs> honor to be on this show, Scott. I, I'm just psyched about uh,
0: it. I'm going to direct them to your twitter so okay. uh, follow jake <laughs> at jake miller tech so it's an easy one so you can't forget it jake miller tech yep. and check out his podcast edu duct tape like not duck right, right. some not, of not, us are still learning that not duck, like admit, quack quack yep <laughs> yeah not quack, quack ducked like an air duct yes <laughs> and duct tape <laughs> uh well thank you all for listening it's been a pleasure having jake on and uh stay tuned for more goodness thanks scott thank you for listening to education today it is my pleasure to share with you all let's stay connected on twitter you can find me at mr noons teach be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the player of your choice give education today a positive review on apple podcasts remember everyone out here in this field of education it's grind time